0: You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode six. All right, stop, collaborate, and listen.
1: Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you lead with confidence and clarity. These are practical solutions for your ministry that you probably didn't learn in seminary. Now, let's join your host, Seth News, who is not afraid to go to the movies alone.
0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm your host, Seth Muse, and I'm so glad that you're with me yet again. Hey, we're still here. Isn't that incredible? Sometimes I look at this and go, wow. I've managed to do six of these things. Hey, that's an accomplishment. So we're going to keep trucking along. It's going to be great. Today, I'm super excited about my guest. He's actually my first official guest. Now, you've heard others before this, but he came in and recorded before any of that other happened. So one of my best friends, Jeff Harding, he is uh, the youth pastor at Trinity Fellowship in Dallas. And Jeff and I have been up and down the youth ministry roads together. We've done a lot of things together. And Jeff has this incredible incredible uh, backstory and all kinds of really great insights to tell us today about his perspective on why it's important for churches to collaborate together. Now, I know a lot of churches have the mentality that, hey, I don't have time for that, or I'm a big church and so everybody just comes to us and we tell them stuff, and, but we don't actually do things together, or I'm a small church and I don't even know people, I don't have time. There's all kinds of excuses and reasons why we don't collaborate and get together, but hey, what if... As a community, we started to reach out into our community together as a group of churches to try to minister to a region of people or a city of people. Now, let me tell you why collaboration is important to me. When I was uh, a youth pastor, I went to this conference called the 6-4 Conference. It was in Colleyville, and I had no idea what this conference was about. My pastor really wanted me to go, and I was like, sure, great, I'll go. So we went, and I chose a couple of breakouts, and I really wasn't sure what was going on. I mean, it was really a pastor's conference, and I was a youth pastor at the time. So I was kind of trying to figure out why am I here, what am I supposed to get, so surely I can get something out of it. So I'm looking around. I go to this particular breakout and i really didn't know what to expect and in this breakout he's he uh, the 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 guy leading the breakout um said something like what if we all as a as a region or a city started to see the other churches as teammates in how we're reaching our city and our communities for Christ. And I thought, wow, that's kind of a cool idea. Well, what do you mean? You know, and I'm, I'm, I, I kind of lean forward in my chair. And then he, he looks at this guy on the front row, and I'm in the back row. And he goes, hey, uh, like, for instance, where are you from? And, and I couldn't see who it was, but they said, we're from Richardson. And I thought, wait a second. My church is in Richardson, so here are some people that I should know. And it was a uh, it was the staff for one of the Baptist churches in Richardson. And he said, "Wouldn't it be great if if other churches in Richardson knew who you were and you guys were on mission together?" And I thought. Hey, I'm from Richardson. That's a great idea. So after the breakout was over, I went and introduced myself to this team that were from the Asian Baptist Church, and uh, unfortunately, we we never worked anything out. I don't know why. I think I lost their information. I just never contacted them. But I went back, and that inspired some ideas. Like, hey, as a youth ministry. I have some friends that are in youth ministry that might want to do some things together. Jeff was one of those guys. We had already done a few things together. We'd play, and we'll tell you all about that in the podcast. But we both kind of got together and said, Hey, what would it look like if we did this? And he said something to the effect of, Man, I've been thinking about that too. And so we were like, really? Whoa, we're both thinking about that. Let's see if anybody else was. And so we got two other youth ministries, one we used to work with and one we just knew. Collaboration in ministry is something that not every church does. And I understand there's some fears. We're going to talk about those fears. We're going to talk about some solutions to how it could work, whether you're a youth ministry, a children's ministry, a worship ministry, adult ministry, small group ministry, college ministry. There's a lot of different ways that you could actually collaborate. And I would say, right now, Now, the way things are in America with relationships across uh, racial divides and relationships across denominational divides that are happening with, with politics and other things that are going on in our world, the church needs to be a unifying voice. And if we ourselves are not unified and at least seem willing to work together somehow, some places... We may not be a strong enough voice to actually influence the culture in this way. So we're going to talk about those things. Here's the content with my friend Jeff Harding. I hope you love it. Here you go. Hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today on the Seminary of Hard Knocks. And today I have a special guest who's a friend of mine in the studio with me right here in my house because that's where most podcasts are created, and his name is Jeff Harding. Jeff, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, thank you. I was waiting for the applause to drop, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: our uh, our sound engineer in the other room is uh, on. Is your daughter stuffed animal administrative leave? Oh, okay. <laughs> in that we do not have one. Gotcha. So that's okay, um, we've been friends for a while. Uh, tell me just a little. Let's talk a little bit about just uh, where you are ministering now, and then we'll talk about kind of how we met and stuff. So. Where, what are you doing now? What is your job? Where are you at? Tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'm the youth minister at Trinity Fellowship Church in Richardson, Texas. It's a North Dallas suburb. I've been there about four years. Uh, just finishing my fifth summer of ministry there. can't believe that. And, uh, I've been, uh, in youth ministry for about 12 years and, uh, it's been a good ride. This is the first church I'm at where I'm like the guy. Um, and man, I've had to learn a lot more since starting there. But it's been great. Guys, good. Um, just finishing probably most of the events for the summer already, and looking forward to fall and some new things for our students.
0: Cool. Are you? Uh, so you've been kind of thrown in. Do you feel like you were thrown into ministry, or do you feel like you were prepared for it along the way? Or tell us about like right before because this is your first like you're the you fir- you're the guy, mm-hmm. you're the main guy. Mm-hmm. So what did you do before that, that kind of prepared you? What was your track? What did it look like?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say my path to ministry started uh, when I was 16. Um had a youth pastor, Mark Julian. Uh, he's Sixty-one, sixty-two. Still a vocational youth pastor down in Houston. Wow! Yeah, quite an inspiration. Uh, really good dude. Um, the probably the most relational guy in the face of the planet. He's sixty-two. He is, and still doing youth. He ministry. is, man. He is the most relational guy you ever meet. Uh, Texas accent. called me Jeffrey. So like, that's what he refers to me. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Uh, in fact, most of his students, the little uh, change drawer in your car where you leave all your loose change, he calls that the Jeffrey Fund, because when we go to Sonic after Wednesday night, I'd be broke and he would use the Jeffrey fund. And so a lot of his students <laughs> that don't even know who I am over the years now call that little tray in their car the Jeffra Fund, and that is that is my namesake. <laughs> that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Mark uh he he lived a mile from me. His oldest son, Wes, is my age. Um and he had a very profound impact on me. Um, I was over at his house a lot and hanging out with Wes. And when I was 16, uh, I felt God calling me into ministry saying, this is what I want you to do. And it was actually, I felt pretty specific with youth ministry. And so toward the end of high school, I started getting involved in youth leadership at church, um, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. In high school, I was involved in college Leadership And the day I graduated high school was the first day of my first internship, my youth internship. I did three of those during college, and um, I was a volunteer coordinator for junior high at a church in Phoenix. Um, I've worked with two churches in Florida on internships. And I worked at fellowship when I came here to Dallas during seminary. That's where I met you. Yeah. And, uh, now I've been at Trinity for four years and I can't believe it's been that long, but yeah, I just, wow. yeah.
0: So you've, you've been all over the deep South and, you know, it seems then, and several different internships and mm-hmm. so you've had several people mentor you in your oh, life man, and, yeah. and how valuable has that been for you as a pastor?
1: It's been, yeah, I can't measure the value, Uh I'm actually getting ready to preach here in a few weeks for the first time on Sunday morning in the pulpit, and I'm talking about connection and community, and it's great because I get to share how I'm basically as much a product of the the church as I am my biological family. Uh, I have a long list of men and some women too, but a lot of men, especially in my life, who've stepped in, and uh, I could pick up the phone right now and call any of them, including my seventh grade Bible study teacher who was present at my ordination back home. I went back home right when I graduated DTS and uh, I can ask him what's going on and I can pick up right where I left off. And a lot of these guys, certain points, in their lives, a lot of them, uh, a few of them now pastors uh, with families of their own. But when we were hanging out, they were just single bachelor guys, wondering if they'd ever get married. And it's pretty cool to see that journey. And uh, I've just learned so much and have uh, been the gracious recipient of what it actually means to invest in others and, and replace yourself in the church, which is what we're called to do. Yeah. So it's been great to see That's that. Crazy. Yeah, That's crazy. I've cra- been crazy blessed with that. So yeah.
0: so you would say then like a community effort has been put into you mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to actually get to that in a second, the community effort that continues in ministry. Yeah. But um, let's talk a little bit about Fellowship Bible Church Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, and for those of you that don't know what DTS is, Dallas Theological Seminary right. is where Jeff and I were both going there. And then I actually got an internship there as a worship leader for the youth group. Mm-hmm. And that's where you were already working in, yes. in the uh, junior high department, under right. Mike Hines, mm-hmm. with, with him, who is a great family minister leader, and we've done things together. So that's where we got together. And I think my first day there, you you played drums for me.
1: I did, and, yeah. And it <laughs> was <laughs> kind of your, your, your debut tryout. And we did
0: not see eye to eye.
1: No, we didn't, man. <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh... You don't yeah. know if
0: you don't know me, I'm kind of a jerk. Um, I'll I'll come in and just go, hey man, could you make that suck less? And <laughs> I, I kind of lacked a lot of tact. I'd come from the mega church world and not to knock mega churches, but there's a certain level of like excellence that's mm-hmm, demanded. Mm-hmm. And and so I'd kind of gotten in the mode of just being like on everybody about every little thing. And so when I came in the lead, I brought that with me. And Jeff was just filling in because the guy normally played um, wasn't there, he wasn't able to play. Um, and he's Chase. He's now broke arm. his arm
1: for the third time or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like
0: kids, man. <laughs> dude, wasn't a cast. I
1: was like, what'd you do now? <laughs>
0: Speaking of which he's Jeff has a cast on his arm. Right I do. Now.
1: I do. Chase, life, I thought you're laughing right now. The, the life okay. of a
0: youth pastor, man. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you played drums and then, we, uh, I don't know what I said or how I said it or whatever. I thought it went well. And then I later find out as Jeff and I became friends, he was like, yeah, man, when you first came here, I didn't like you.
1: <laughs> I was like, dude, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was probably the only guy in staff meeting that next morning who was like, Yeah, Seth, I'm not really digging him, man. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's going to look at me like, Well, why? And uh, I'm like, Well, he just runs me the wrong way. You know, um, it's really funny. So uh,
0: glad that most people never listen to you.
1: Yes. Oh, it remains today. Just, yeah.
0: So we met there. And then from there, you went on to be, in fact, you met your wife, Faith, there. I did. And you guys got married in the church you're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went on from there to Trinity Fellowship. And mm-hmm. I went on to Dallas Bible to be a youth pastor one more time after I finished DTS. And so from there, we started to collaborate a little bit. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Let's talk about the events we've done. Can you remember everything we've done? Together as yes. youth gr- our youth so groups have done together, we
1: have. So we we've, we've done a few sessions over at Worley Ball. Which, if you're listening, you have no idea what that is. Look it up and go find the nearest place to do it. Yes, um, it's amazing. Uh, we did a few of those, which both ended in tiebreakers. Yeah, <laughs> your youth group come back from from the brink to tie it up, and it ended with uh, Seth and I doing. First, it was pop shot basketball, and then the next year it was air hockey. Which, if you ask my wife or anyone, they know. I'm terrible at air hockey. So I'm like, and you still beat me, which is like rubbing salt in the I totally beat you, man. (laughs) I was like, I'm in the zone. I'm not going to look up and wonder what's going on. It was totally luck. Um, yeah, but but I will
0: (laughs) say this, that my team came back in whirly ball because I am awesome at whirly ball. It's true.
1: You you guys won like four games in a row at the end. I'm like, (laughs) we have to win one more game and we can't do it. And it was really fun. And yeah, was I was good. like,
0: I was like, guys, I'm going in. I'm going. I had set out. <laughs> my back was hurt. I had just had surgery. I know. And like, surgery
1: goes in there like in his gown. I got this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was like, man, okay, we're coming back. We're doing this, guys. And, and so we came back, and then it came down to that tiebreaker. And, man, I lost it. Couldn't believe it. He had, he
1: had it. used all his energy out so on bad. the whirly court. It's okay.
0: So we did whirly ball. And if you don't know, whirly ball is done in like bumper cars with those little plastic scoops and a plastic wiffle ball and you're trying to throw it and hit a basketball goal, it's crazy fun. Mm-hmm. So go look it's that amazing. Up. So we did Whirly Ball. What else did we do?
1: We did an event, I guess, called the Big Serve, uh, where we mm-hmm. combined the four youth groups together. Um, okay,
0: the four youth groups for yes, people that don't know. Who, the who's four. the four. The
1: four. I don't know. We need like a superhero name. The counts name. on the four. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> because it, it started with... Well, it did start with you and I doing whirly ball, which is where the like, yeah. collaboration kind of started. But then we had begun a conversation. It was my second summer at Trinity. And uh, I've been talking, I've always been talking with you and Mike over at Fellowship since, since we both had worked there. And I'm like, you know, we need to do something together. Yeah. And the more we started talking about it, the more we're like, let's do something together. And my church had a, a, a lawn space. So uh, mm-hmm. we did whirly Wor- Ball in July or June, something like that. And then toward the end of July, right after a mission trip, um, so the two of us with our youth groups, well, I guess the, the three of us, and then C- Community Bible Chapel, which is actually also a church plant from where Trinity's a church plant, and they're like a mile or so down the road. Yeah, um, They've been doing stuff with, with my church for a long time. So I invited Dan Williams and his youth group to come on over, and we have what's called the Big Games and mm, the w- big games. The big games. And when I was on the mission trip that previous week uh out of town, I used the limited Wi-Fi I had available. I'm like, we need something good, like a a, a trophy that's really worth capturing. And so, of course, I made <laughs> a trophy with flaming columns and a big golden baby on top with a diaper yeah. and a blanket. And so of what's course, it called? The Flaming Baby trophy. The Flaming course, Baby says that proudly <laughs> uh on the plaque on the bottom of it. And uh so we fought it out for the, uh, for the trophy, and just this past Sunday, we had our fourth big games. Yeah, um, I, I didn't
0: get to be part of that, because yeah. I'm not in youth ministry anymore, right. but my successor... Yeah, Cameron, Cameron was, he came out, took man, the group. he That's came great. out.
1: It was great. Uh, there actually was not a last place church this year, uh, two churches tied for third, and in fact, Dallas Bible was the first church in all four years to do this, to not finish last place in any of the games. Really, really, because uh, hey. because you got a certain point amount for first, second, third, and fourth place. Got zero. We played the first round of games for an hour, yeah. and every other church got last place in something except Dallas Bible. And wow. I was like, so I made I made clear to to, to note that. Yeah, uh, that's and an they improvement. Were like, what? So it was great. That's um, an improvement. Under yeah. my
0: leadership, we often came up <laughs> short in many, many different areas. And, and my kids would always come back and go, Can we do like a Bible trivia or yeah. something? I'm like, What, you don't like throwing dodgeballs at each, each other? What other? the yeah. heck? You know, so you know,
1: I'm I was thinking <laughs> this week actually that we should introduce something like that. Yeah. Something that'd be that's fun. purposefully not athletic. But I mean, spoons isn't really athletic, but you know. Yeah. Something that challenges the mind, not just like hand-eye coordination. So. Right. And for those
0: that don't know, I mean, the, obviously, which is everybody, but the big games, um, four youth groups come together. We compete for that trophy. It's games. I mean, it's literal huge games. Like one year, we uh, two years, actually, we played Asteroids. Mm-hmm.
1: Get in a refrigerator box and yeah. they have to wear wear. They and... have to wear
0: it. And I just throw a big <laughs> soccer ball up in the air. They run out and have to whoever catches it. I mean,
1: they're smashing into each other. It's, oh, it's like chaos. It's, it's the most dangerous yeah. thing we've ever done. Dude. But and it's we did it so twice. fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we so did great. bump on a
0: log too, yeah. Uh, which a lot of these are old MXC games, if you remember MXC, where they run across and however many people they can get across, uh, they get points for it. But the other team is on both sides, just chunking dodgeballs at them, trying to knock them off. It was so fun.
1: Yeah, uh, Seth started out having the kids way too close with the dodgeballs, and it was like <laughs> a it was like a firing squad from both sides. And this girl like got destroyed, like right
0: in the face. Oh my! god. It was gosh, like the dude. third kid across the thing. She steps out and. I just talked to this adult, and she was like, I don't think this is t- very safe. And I'm like, no, it's going to be fine.
1: Bam. Bam. Right in the face. She, she in goes face down. Along with like four or five of the dodgeballs all over her body, too. And, like, I, and
0: I know. I got to say, I was like, is she okay? Because that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. can't help
0: but laugh, man, because it was so classic. I was filming, too. I got it right at the oh right moment. Oh, my
1: gosh. It was painful to watch.
0: I, I played it in slow-mo a couple times. Oh, man. <laughs> So good. So we did we did the big games, we did the big serve. That's where we all got together and, and went out and did a serve project and then Yeah came back. we
1: did some yard work. We yeah. had we had so two youth groups got in a team and the other two got in a team and we did some reading to some refugee kids down in the Vickery Meadow area of Dallas by North Park Mall, which a lot of refugees live down there. Uh, we did a lot of yard work and then we came together. Yeah. Uh, well, we started off the morning at Fellowship doing some worship before we did that. We went and served, then we had some pizza and some fun games in the gym over at mm-hmm. Community Bible Church. Yeah, there. that
0: was a good event, too. I wish we'd done that more. Uh, we only did one of those so far. Yeah. Uh, it was just really hard to coordinate that mm-hmm. together, and so we still do our own serve projects and yeah. stuff, but we mm-hmm. just never did that again. Um, so let's talk about Winter Chill. Yeah,
1: Winter Chill. Winter Chill is
0: like the big thing that... And, and as soon as I left Fellowship, I immediately... That's the first thing I said, hey, Mike we want to go to winter chill. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. So yeah, we did winter chill with fellowship one year mm-hmm. and then we pulled you guys in, I think the second year.
1: Yeah. And then, or is it the third or something uh, like that? I think it was the third. I think you guys may have gone twice yeah. because the first year it was a little hard to work out with how, how do you share it and split two groups. And the next year you had it set with a team of dads who were like your Packers mm-hmm. and everything was set a lot That's more. True. And then the following year, uh, Trinity and Community Bible Chapel both came in. Right, and we made the four. Yeah. yeah, and
0: it was the Council of Four once yes, again. Yes, once again. And so our powers we, it, combined. It was a great deal because like I headed I headed up uh, the the dinner time games. You did the the synthesis, which I want to talk mm-hmm. about in a second. Yeah, and then Chad had come on as the worship guy after me there and did did a great job of what he's doing. So he handled the inside worship time and mm-hmm. things like that. We all shared some speaking time. Like Richard, he he was the high school pastor there. He, he Shared some speaking things with, I think you spoke as well. Uh, maybe the third a year that you bit. came. Yeah, with since yeah. the synthesis, so with the synthesis yeah, you did. A bit. Yeah, and I spoke that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mike handled basically everything else. And yeah, Dan, he Dan the director, yeah. And then Dan was like our games. big games mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, rec time. So it was a it was definitely a community effort and we collaborated a lot about that. And I want to talk about that event because that's a huge event that takes a lot of time and effort to plan and to do it together with different churches. That's a big undertaking, and a lot of people are really kind of terrified by that, Mm -hmm. because when I start thinking about collaborating with other churches, it's like, aside from theologically do we align, Sure. it's, what kind of personality is this guy that's leading this group? Is Mm -hmm. he into this kind of stuff? Do they care about this as much as I do? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all those kinds of questions that I want to get into. So um, tell me, we did... I want to talk about the synthesis, and then we'll get on to kind of some of the collaboration stuff. Um, Yeah. What we did, just to set you up to explain it, is we we had a retreat at Pine Cove. All of us got there on Friday night late. Most of us were late mm-hmm. to get there. And then we got started with worship, and then we had a day on Saturday of events and fun things planned. But then on Sunday morning, we were also there. Uh, so instead of a worship service like we'd been doing with the band and the speaking and the uh, videos and things like that we'd done, we did something a little different called the synthesis. So... Last thing you need to know about this is that we we had been telling kind of one story the whole weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. One year it was the prodigal son. One year it was the story of Hosea. One year it was the story of um, it was just some Old Testament stories. I think we were just picking things from there. Yeah, we try and pick uh, a character to character follow. studies uh-huh. or something. So whatever it was, it was it was kind of themed throughout the week. Um, oh, it was Samuel Saul, wasn't it?
1: Saul David, I thought David. was the last one. It was one David he did. Uh-huh. exactly.
0: It was David. And um, so we had this kind of story. And then on Sunday, we kind of had a special time. Uh, tell us what the synthesis was really about and what it kind of looked like.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, well, Winter Chill started uh, when Seth and I were both at Fellowship, and we decided the last service of the weekend shouldn't be just to sit down and have worship and a speaker. It should be something where the kids kind of engage what they've heard all week and reflect on it. And the, and the prodigal son was a great first time because, obviously, there, there's two paths. Yeah. So we we took the gym and split it in half and uh, what we've done probably with every synthesis time they're on is have stations. Um, stations where the students can read something and, and answer on a note card and put it in a box. They can write their answer on a big piece of butcher paper for everyone to see um, or I collect a question or two throughout the weekend based on what the speakers have been talking about or what their small groups were. and they, and they give honest answers anonymously um, to several deep questions. and when they walk in to engage, um, they see everyone's answers, which can be very, very difficult. Um, based on things they've experienced at home, hardships at school, with relationships. Yeah. And there was some
0: deep stuff on there, man.
1: Deep stuff. And being able to leave it anonymous and just being able to have them sit and realize it doesn't matter if you're a kid from the street, if you've never heard about Jesus, or if you were born and raised in the church walls. Um, We all struggle with brokenness. We all struggle with being vulnerable and wanting life change and wanting Christ to come in and take the reins of our lives and take control. And it takes us admitting faults and admitting that we don't have our lives together and being able to, at that point, move together toward Christ. And those stations, um, very, very simple, nothing elaborate, no kind of big video intro or big flashy lights or effects or anything like that just very, very simple uh, cut-and-dry things that they can sit and engage with. And with the prodigal son stations, um, they had a path for the young son, a path for the older son, and at the end, they came together, and our buddy Jordan, who was working with the high schoolers there, had the Rembrandt picture of the prodigal son coming back, and you got to see that and had the chance to take communion. Um, And it's just a great time to sit and reflect. Students are encouraged to go and find each other and ask for forgiveness, Um, they have some questions and a reflection sheet to go through. They can choose to find their small group from the weekend and go and talk about it and discuss it. And then we end with worship and, uh, man, it's, it's quite an exclamation point, but it's actually also made as an off ramp to the weekend, not just a jumping off point from the mountain, but an off ramp, giving the opportunity for small group leaders, for youth pastors, for student peers to talk with each other and realize that as they move forward, being open like that, not just for the sake of being open and saying, here's my junk, but purposefully saying, I'm struggling. Can you come alongside and help as the body of Christ was meant to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it, it was such a powerful exp- end to the weekend, an exclamation point, like you said. And and one of the things I noticed, too, especially the last time we did this together, um, every person who who contributed to making that weekend happen brought something really different to the table, and one of the things I know about you is, man, when it comes to like leading people or students through uh, a real reflection and really engagement uh, of, of an idea, man, you're so good at that. Like you, you know the right questions and providing the right environment. And even back in your youth group, you did things like making a journal for them mm-hmm. throughout the year and and for prayer and for discipleship. Or um, sorry, uh, it was it was like quiet times, right? Right. Quiet time right. plan. Like you created it and, uh, or you collected it and put it together for them. I mean, just that kind of stuff. A lot of youth pastors and and pastors or worship pastors, they want to do that for their people, but that's like not a strength and they, and they kind of don't know how to do it. And so when I see that, cause that's me, I'm, I don't think that way. I think more what I was in charge of. Mm -hmm. I'm the games guy, you know, I'm, I'm creating environments, you know, and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And so, um, I'm playing the devil's advocate a lot too. You know, That's kind of, I'm, cause again, I'm the jerk. I'll say whatever. (laughs) And and so when you bring to the table, you're like, here's what I, I I feel like we should do. And man, I was always just really impressed with like how insightful the questions you ask and how you asked it. And so for me, when I think about collaborating with people, I see a lot of value in finding people that don't think like Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel about the collaboration? How did that help your youth ministry in general, doing either like Whirly Ball or Winter Chill or anything? How did that improve your youth group?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I mean, I think that quality is something that was instilled by a few mentors of mine that come to mind, which is they their strengths were really getting people to stop and think about what yeah. they're actually doing and not going through the motions. So I appreciate that. And it's just a reflection of... Um, not only just investing, but true collaboration. And when we got together and started doing whirly ball and we're like, this is great. And then we did a big games. And I think for all of us, a light bulb went on and we're like, we can do a lot more getting together and playing a bunch of fun games, making it an inviter event for students to come. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the last several years we've had a gospel message at the end, yeah. Um, and students may begin to hear Christ for the first time or yeah, really think about it. Because
0: at first one, we didn't do that. right And we all, when we debriefed, we were, we're like, like,
1: we missed an opportunity. We
0: totally dropped the ball mm-hmm. on that. What were we doing? So yeah. next after that, it's been yeah. very pointed. It's like hey part guys of it. We're going to be doing this for a second. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, um, man, um, pe- people listening might stop and think, well, wait a minute. Three out of four of you already knew each other pretty well, so it was really easy. Yeah, okay, I, I can give you that. But, um, in doing, in doing ministry in different parts of the state with different people, like, like Seth and I have, or even different states and everything like that, you just learn to be open. And when you greet people, especially who are in ministry, it's not just another, Hey, how's it going? Cool. Nice to meet you. Like you get the chance to actually ask a little bit more. And that's what we did of each other, Mm -hmm. um, in a level that we hadn't done, even when we worked all together at fellowship, um, bringing Dan in was fantastic, um, a lot of my students had relationships with some of his students, yeah, mine and too. yeah, student relationships is a huge thing because uh, it doesn't matter if you live in a huge city with tons of schools or a small city with like one school district. Some of your kids go to school with each other but don't go to the same church. Yeah. Doing this with churches around you brings them together in more than just school at church which intentionally reflects the body of Christ. So that's what we started looking at it was is this collaboration is not like, hey, I'm really good at this and you're really good at that it's more than that. That's a huge part of it, but it's also giving the students the chance to see this is how we can do life together, not as competing churches or businesses trying to get your 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 numbers here. It's let's do stuff together as the body of Christ, because that's what we're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. And I think I had said too, and this was resonating with everybody, is that what if we decided that our youth ministry wasn't just our church, that it was actually a regional youth ministry we were doing together? Right. You know, what if we were reaching this community as a community. right, And so we we, we all have resonated with that and thought that was very valuable. Mm-hmm. And so um, the fear that we all kind of probably had to talk about, and we should talk about here, is, well, what if one of my kids, or in other cases, like a worship ministry or whoever does, goes to this thing and decides they like another church better and I lose them? Mm. You know, like, what, what kind of... Is that a real fear? Or how do you feel about that? I mean, is that something that we you know, should not fear? I mean, what? how do you feel about that kind of attitude, or that sentiment?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess it can be a real fear. Um, it really depends on, I th- first of all, I think it depends on the church culture that you've already established in your individual youth group. Um, when I first started a few years ago, um, I realized that the first thing I had to do, I'd never been a numbers guy ever. Um, and I realized the first thing I needed to do was not, try and make things big and flashy and awesome. Um, I quickly realized after coming in um, and being put on a plane th- three weeks after I was hired to go to New York City for a mission trip, I had nothing to do with I remember that. trying to figure that out and then trying to plan events that kind of fell through because I just didn't really know the kids that, that that well yet and they didn't respond to it. And so I'm thinking, I need to stop worrying about trying to get these students to invite their friends and get everything involved and make it big. I need to turn my focus and their focus inward on each other and help the health of the youth group. And
0: yeah, and that's kind of counter cultural when you're talking about youth ministry, right? It I mean, is. so many churches are like, bring your friends and focus outward and think right, about them and right. let's grow this thing, you know? Right. Like, so that's very, opposite of what you kind of hear a lot from some of the like gurus and people that write books or whatever, because everybody loves a good growth story.
1: Sure. Absolutely. And doing inward change and growth and discipleship inside your group to change the health of the core, uh, sounds boring on paper. It doesn't make for a big flashy story up front when you're sharing with other people in a room. Um, but, and it's hard work. It's like being in the trenches, but Mm -hmm. you start to have the students, learn more about themselves, about each other, about how you work and how much you care. And and then as the core gets healthier, being able to interact and bring people in isn't such a barrier, isn't such a, well, they're not with us, we're going to break off into our cliques and, and whatever. Right. And so that that's important for each group to have. And if that's a serious fear you have about collaborating is, well, my kid's been waiting to go to this big church over here because they, they do this and this and this. And if we collaborate together, they're just going to start going over there. Um, you have different uh, issues to work out. Um, I'd say w- with how you think your your church is going, and um, I, th- I think it comes down to what's your philosophy of ministry. Because what we're not saying is go through the phone book. Well, that's that, that kind of dates me. Sorry. Go go, go through <laughs> what's Google a phone or book? Uh, tell us more, Grandpa. Google Maps or Apple Maps on your phone and looking <laughs> like what's the three nearest churches. In, near me. Okay. I'm going to give them a call and we're going to do it because you, you might be a church of 200 like me and reach out to fellowship. And if you guys don't know, fellowship Bible church of Dallas, they're about 15 to 1800. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is not
0: far from watermark, which is, which is huge. Enormous. Okay.
1: They're Dallas is like 15,000 or of, more. The, the capital of mega churches. Um, yeah. And so, you know, um, if you're thinking, I just kind of want to get with churches who are nearby me, but kind of close to my attendance and numbers. Great. um, if you know people in your area uh, of ministry who are close by, um, start talking to them, start it over coffee or lunch, and say, hey, you ever thought about doing collaboration? And maybe they're looking more for accountability with each other as, as youth pastors, and that's where it starts, and that's great because we need that as well. Um, but I really think a lot of youth groups especially, um, with the children's ministry and adult ministry, it's kind of more difficult. With young adults in college, you can do it. But with youth, man, you're just begging for an opportunity to, what's something new and different engaging that we can get with? And what's better than getting the friends that they go to school with at the same place that they are, because they might not really talk about their, their faith too much at school. And when they get affirmed at a church retreat or throwing a dodgeball at each other's face like it it, (laughs) or other
0: more dangerous things they kind of
1: breaks down that barrier a little (laughs) bit that all of us tend to have especially during adolescence of i have my three separate worlds i have home by myself i have school and those clubs and activities and sports and then i have church and students don't always like when their worlds collide and uh that's one thing you, you have to know is that if you just call someone up and say hey you sound like a pretty good dude let's get together with our churches and you just dive right in yeah. just cold feet. Like you, you, you dive right in without kind of warming the idea up and thinking about it. Um, your students might be like, uh, oh, it's kind of weird. And when our churches got together to play volleyball that first summer, it wasn't, they weren't like high fiving each other and being like, Hey, we're gonna be best friends. Like, yeah, it, it's a process. Like th- this is the fourth time we've done big games. We've done two winter chills with, with all four of us. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it it is a process. Yeah, cuz I noticed yeah.
0: even like some of your kids would follow me on social media mm-hmm. and you know they thought I was cool but they kept going to your youth group. Right. You know, and I had kids that did the same thing, you know. And so it was like I think it actually encouraged a loyalty to a youth ministry or or whatever ministry because mm-hmm. you see other groups doing similar things and struggling with similar things. And again, you take those groups from, from school and put them in a different context. It is a little bit like inviting all your friends over from different groups that you have for a dinner party. And yeah. like, you know, like, it's weird, but eventually you get over that and you start to become, you know, friends. And you, yeah. Even if you're not like hanging out all the time. I'm, sure. We did like what, four, Maybe maybe three events a year together. Right. Where we really did if something. That, yeah, two to so, three. So uh-huh. so it's not like every week we're getting together and we're trying to plan stuff. But right, no. A lot of forethought went into it. A lot of stuff went into it as a youth ministry leader. Mm-hmm. And so I think they saw us, kind of, friends. I mean, they yeah. saw us as friends. And so it was like, oh well, our youth pastors are good friends. Their youth group must be cool and be mm-hmm. okay to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You'd mentioned in that other ministries, you know, children's ministry or worship ministry. I don't know if you mentioned them or not, but I am going to mention them. Uh, <laughs> just uh, a college ministry. How do you feel? Like you think collaboration is possible to do things together with other churches? Because there is a lot more people listening here than just youth. So, absolutely. So, thinking about outside of the youth ministry, how can those groups benefit from collaborating together? And what absolutely, does that, what does that bring?
1: I think that, I think the collaboration with children's ministry, well, with any other group, is possible and. You know, I, I sometimes get in my one track mind of youth, but uh, um, man, it is possible. And I think what a lot of people in family ministry, when I say fa- family ministry, I mean birth through 18 or through college even, um, one thing that we kind of lack is the consistent mindset that. It's the parents' job to really invest and grow their children spiritually, yeah. and we are a supplement, we're not the spiritual leader. And over the last, I would say, five or six years, that's really start, started to catch on with a lot of ministries. The importance of Dude Army Six and things like that. Like, like it's really our job. In fact, I sit down with my students and parents coming into seventh grade in May because I bring them in in the in the summer right after they finish sixth grade to get adjusted and transition well, which is mm-hmm. one thing I don't think we do well in, fe- in family ministry either is transition well in the church, but, uh, especially, I bring them,
0: especially to college,
1: dude, especially to college. Um, oh my gosh. and whole I, other
0: podcast right there. Yeah.
1: Whole, de- <laughs> definitely. You can have a whole series of podcasts on that. Um, but, uh, I sit down and tell them, okay, I look at the sixth graders and say, if you guys come to every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night or every retreat, mission trip, fun event that we do all six years that you're in youth group, you'll be with me for 3,600 hours. Okay. That's a lot of hours, right? That works out to about five months, but that's five months and six years. Parents, it is not my main role to spiritually develop your kid for the rest of your life. It's your job. My number one job is to help you with that and make sure we're saying the same thing at home as we are at church. And my job is to resource you. And yeah. when we wow. let, me, let me just say, yeah. I'm
0: impressed that you did the math. <laughs> that is incredible. I've never heard that <laughs> stat before. If that's the truth, which I'm not going to check your math because I don't do math, but I, I'm going to take your word for it. That's incredible. And what a selling point for the for the need. I, that's I, that's great. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and what I think the collaboration starts to do is the students start seeing it less and less. Like, well, all youth pastors are making us get together they kind of take the note from what you said of, hey, they're really good friends, and they like getting together. And they start to see from the perspective that we've been seeing this whole time of we are the collective body of Christ. Yeah, Doing these things together really, really helps. And sure, it helps that all four of us are basically non denominational Bible churches. Great. But I've seen churches get together, and I've even done mission trips with... Um, So we're a non-animational Bible church, and one of the first high school missions I went on with our group was with a Lutheran church, an Episcopal church, and Disciples of Christ. And we had worship together. I'm going to have to cut the
0: podcast right here. Um, (laughs) That's unacceptable. Yeah. (laughs) No,
1: man, it was the body of Christ, and it was awesome. And if students had questions, I got to ask them. And, you know, I was telling my students later, and I was asked to write a blog post for our church about it, and I'm like... This was just a very minuscule glimpse, but a beautiful glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. Because mm-hmm. we all follow Christ. Um, yes, there are different traditions and different kinds of liturgy and ways that we understand some 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 doctrinal issues. But Christ alone unites us. And when we come to the table for communion, when we come to the foot of the cross, realizing what God did for us by sending His Son, like that's what it's about. And if we understand. Even with some denominations, but especially as a local church, we're not competing small businesses. We are the body of Christ that happens to meet in different places. Uh, emphasizing a specific geographic region or a specific ministry that kids can get involved in or if their parents have been there. But we can do things together and unite together, and the collaboration is on many levels. It can be retreats, games, youth pastors being encouraged, students being entr- encouraged, students getting to ask questions, students being comfortable with having doubt and voicing it, um, all of those things together. And the more students realize that's especially what the church need, needs to look like in the 24th century, 21st century, especially in America, with a lot of talks about what elections will cover or hinder with religious liberty and things like that. The students right. need to be open to seeing that the church's four walls shouldn't be a fortress. It should be They should be gates to be opened for us to go out, yes, to invite others and bring them in, but to be encouraged and get together with our fellow body of Christ and then be encouraged and move together in that way.
0: Wow. Well, I appreciate that. I think that's a great parting shot. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate you being here on the podcast as we wrap up and it's been not a, to a, use a Baptist word here. It's been a joy to work, have worked with you in, in the past and working with you in the future and other guys that we've mentioned here today. Um, so thank you so much for being here and sharing all these things with us about collaborating together as churches. And I think that spiritually we all benefit from it. Of course, we're not saying that there are no theological issues that we mm-hmm. would say, no, that's probably not a good idea. Of course yeah. there are. Sure. Um, however, for the most part, there are a lot of things we can collaborate on when it comes to reaching our community as a community and, and, and doing that in a collaborative effort. So Jeff Harding, everybody, thank, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me, Seth.